Welcome to Rich in Relationship, and today I'm speaking with Jennifer Warren, Jennifer Warren Medwin. Jennifer Warren Medwin. Hello, Jennifer. How are you? I can I, I can say your name. I can. And Jennifer is a she's kind of like kind of like me. She's a divorce coach. She does mediation. I don't do divorce mediation, but she does. I think I have a feeling, Jennifer, that's probably where you started. She also does matrimonial, matrimonial mediation, which is like when uh, people are, who are married are just like are trying to figure it out and they need a third party to help them. She's super brilliant and she's got some great stuff to share with us today. Jennifer Warren Medwin, how are you? Hi, wow, I'm beaming from all those compliments. Thank you very much. You're you? welcome. I think I think you earned it. All right. Yeah. Hard. So maybe that's a possibility. I'll take it. Thank you. All right. So the first question I ask everybody is, what is it about your life? What is about you? What, how is your heart drawn into this work that you do? That's a really good question. I the divorce process is a very challenging process, and it has many different tentacles, and. I love particularly coaching individuals through the process because I can really help them navigate the emotional and the business side of divorce. Mm. Why? Because I am also someone who got divorced many years ago. And although divorce is like a snowflake, right? There are no two divorces that are exactly the same. Um, my personal experience helps me to be a wonderful guide, whether you're I'm coaching or I'm, you know, facilitating mediation. And then I've gone through the um, CDC, which is a certified divorce coaching mm -hmm. program, along with many other programs um, to continue my education and to continue learning about different skills to help my clients move through the dissolution of their marriages, mm -hmm. reconnection of their marriages. Got you. Yeah, I, I love that. Actually, very much my story also. A child of divorce, been through a divorce. Uh, very, very similar in, in why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. Always happy to meet a kindred spirit. And I think it's so important that there are people like yourself who get involved with the work because they really care. Mm. Yeah, I, and I think it's, it's important to have a passion and to move through with your passion because I think it, it really helps you be much more engaged and involved, compassionate and empathetic mm -hmm. to the clients you're working with. Well, especially when you're working with, like you do, with people who are in high conflict or in medium conflict even, you know, when people are coming in and their, their dynamic is on the table and they're going at it, you know, it, but sometimes the money doesn't seem like it's enough. <laughs> so your heart really needs to be there. Well, you know, people, people when they are in conflict tend to be very position-based. Mm -hmm. And that is not a way of resolving conflict, right? Resolving conflict comes from trying to understand the other person's perspective, understanding that there's, there needs to be compromise. And for me, the most important, and this is a, a formula that I teach all of my clients, is E plus R equals O. Mm -hmm. And that stands for E is the event, whatever the event is. Mm -hmm. R is your response or re your reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And O is the outcome. Mm -hmm. So the only control you ever have is how you respond or you react. Mm -hmm. 
Right? You don't have control over the event, but how you respond and you react has a direct impact on the outcome. Respond or react even. You know, yeah. if, if we're just coming from reaction, if we're just, if it's so easy to be triggered and just start shooting from the hip, but if we have some awareness of that, then we have the opportunity to go, oh, it's that again. And then we can respond instead of reacting. A great acronym. I love that. By the way, you said something, you know, awareness, and that's a buzzword these days. And I want people to understand that awareness is not necessary. It's not acceptance, right? You can be aware of something and not mm -hmm. accept it. Truth. Awareness is an acknowledgement, right? That we are acknowledging whatever is. Mm -hmm. And it's a really it's really important to understand that because people confuse it. Mm -hmm. Well, I understand from a, a little bit from our previous conversation that you are big on frameworks and um, actually just by demonstrating that ERO acronym uh, and from talking to you a little, I realized that acronyms are a great way to communicate to people uh, ways that they can reframe what's going on, reminders of how they can reframe things. I know there's a, we all know there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. Actually, I would argue that we've all become aware of the uncertainty that was always present and that because our systems are disrupted, we're, we're, that's increased the awareness, but that, that the uncertainty has always been there, but that's just like, that's just me, what do I know? But I, I, I understand that you have done a deep study on how to better manage uncertainty. I have, and I, and I want to acknowledge something that you said, because I think it's important. I think that we are more aware of the uncertainty given, you know, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. However, they, there is certain uncertainty every minute of every day. Nothing is certain, mm -hmm. right? And we sort of take that for granted. Um, but particularly during this time, you know, where there are so many more challenges than we've ever experienced. And um, a few months ago, I came up with a framework and it's called the Lean Framework. Mm -hmm. And L stands for let it be, E stands for empower yourself, A is for accepting what is, and N is for nourishing yourself. Mm -hmm. And the reason I write and I come up with acronyms is to help people when they are experiencing intense emotions to pause and bring themselves back, mm -hmm. right? Because as John Kabat-Zinn said, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Yes, that, that is really true. You can't hide from yourself. So, you know, in case you haven't heard that, my, my listeners, but you probably have, uh, the, the idea is you can't move somewhere and change the problem because the problem always starts between our own ears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It well, the problem, the challenge, the opportunity, however you want to frame that. And, you know, something that you just said is also important that it happens between our own ears. We have to, we, we have to want to realize that we are not our thoughts, mm -hmm. right? Our thoughts are, and if we can start sort of being bystanders of our thoughts and being aware of our thoughts, we can gain a larger sense of control, mm -hmm. right? When I started to think about the lean framework, I, the, the L, let it be, is something that um, was really important to me because people often say, oh, just let it go. Your husband, you know, plays golf two days a during the week and over the weekend, he's not helping you with the kids. That's the way he is, just let it go. Um, 
And it never sat well with me when people would say, let it go. I think it's, it's um, more reasonable to learn to let it be because certain things just are. And when we, when we are so attached to the negativity of something, it impedes our personal growth. So I think what I'm hearing there is a distinction between sort of uh, let it go with anger or, and letting it be more like just be, doing your best to, to just sit with it or be co as comfortable as you can with it. Right. right? Like right. I can't control it and pushing it away and all right, it is what it is. Like I, I may not love it, I may not feel great about it, but it is what it is. And it's like having some kind of peace within yourself about it. It sounds like that's the distinction. It's an acknowledgement, right? And, and the best way to practice acknowledgement is something that I learned called habit stacking. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I assume that everybody brushes their teeth in the morning. Right? I mean, that's a general assumption. Doing my best. A lot of cavities later, I finally learned. And floss, too. <laughs> uh, not my son. I don't assume that with my son, but with most other people, yes. Um, so if you wanted to develop a habit of just simply acknowledging certain thoughts or certain actions, you, you stack it to something you always do. So in the morning, when you're brushing your teeth, the habit to stack on to brushing your teeth is, I only have control over my actions. I am, I am going to do the best I can to just practice acknowledgement and awareness or whatever it is that um, will help you feel more in control. Does that make sense? Yes, and I'm gonna, let's pretend, let's dumb it down a little. So there I am brushing my teeth. What does it mean to stack those thoughts onto that habit? So I'm brushing my teeth and I'm, I'm choosing an affirmation, something that is going to empower me to move forward, to lean into uncertainty. Okay, I am, I, I, the example I gave before, it angers me that so-and-so plays golf twice a week and is not there for the children. It's okay. I'm going to learn to just accept the fact that my partner really wants to do this. I, I'm going to try and step in out of my box of perspective and see where he's coming from and see that it gives him some, some happiness. Maybe if I, change my tone of voice or my body language or the way I'm communicating, maybe we can come to some agreement. Mm -hmm. And just becoming more aware that things are what they are and we can't continuously combat them. There are ways around them. Mm -hmm. And how does uh, uh, taking that, that affirmation or that, that positive frame, um, however we're gonna describe that, and connecting that to an existing habit, uh, reinforce it? because it's something that you do every day. So, right? so you're saying every day that I brush my teeth, I wanna, I wanna bring that, go back to that space. Yes, and it could be any affirmation that, that rings true for you. It takes 21 days to build a habit, right? So starting your day off, and I like, I like starting the day off habit stacking with brushing your teeth because most people do that first thing in the morning and right. it's a great way 
to start leaning into your day, right? In a more positive, um, empowered manner. I've so, heard of people uh, post to taking post-its with affirmations and putting it on their mirror so that in the morning they're doing just that. So I'm, now, I, I, now I get that. I can really wrap my mind around that. And I love doing that too, by the way. I mean, creating an area that you always look at and sending yourself a message, mm -hmm. that, is, that is also wonderful. And I highly encourage you know, people to do that. So let's just, uh, if you don't mind, uh, can we just take a second to drive home why that works? And so I suspect where you're coming from on this is that what we're doing is we're retraining our mind. And it's not our conscious mind, which is all over the place. It's that big dog that's you know 80 or 90% submerged the unconscious mind, how does that work? Uh, like repro retraining that dog, reprogramming that? So, you know, the best way and what I try to explain to my clients is it's, it's like if you were to go to the gym for the first time, right? And you're lifting weights and, you know, it, it's hard, it's challenging and you develop a blister, but you keep going back. Mm -hmm. What, what happens when you keep going back? Does it get easier and more manageable or does it get harder and more painful? Mm -hmm. gets, it gets easier and more manageable. We, well, it really depends on how hard you train. But yeah, if you're doing the same workout over and over, I'll qualify that. If you're doing a, or the similar workout, that that workout becomes easier and easier. Right. And it becomes, it becomes habitual, becomes you know, something that you, you don't feel... Um, anxiety or or stress when you're doing it because it's something that you've developed over a course of time and so that's sort of when you it's all about awareness mm -hmm. creating that space for yourself where you're not living on autopilot where you're not mm -hmm. you are being a creator of your life and not just a victim of it mm -hmm. you know, the whole well, framework is it's, it's an interesting quandary because human beings habitually <laughs> create structures for themselves that they repeat over and over for greater comfort. And at the same time, uh, when we become over-invested in repetition and structure, we lose sight sometimes of what really matters. I mean, that, in a lot of marriages, for example, people, they fall in love, you know, they have kids. Oh my God, how do we manage the kids? They create structures to support the kids. They start looking for uh, individual fulfillment in their job and in other areas of their life and the marriage becomes less the focal point. But th so the very structures that they create to make that uh, child rearing simpler actually can start to take away from the marriage unless they start building in ways to focus on the marriage also. Um, so it's, it's this funny thing of we're comfortable with the repetition. It's kind of why we are where we are right now. We were also comfortable with these lives that we live where we went to some of us. I, I actually work in the same place I always did. Some of us go to work. Um, and we go to the gym and we have, and I had like everyone meetings that I went to and that was really comfortable. Uh, and then the whole thing gets blown up and now we're in uncertainty because those structures are gone. But the opportunity is that I get to re-examine everything. You know, the opportunity, because the structures don't and build new structures, which is what we're talking about here. Yeah, and, and, I, and I agree, except the opportunity to re-examine is always with you. Mm -hmm. It is always with you. And, and. That except and. 
Yeah. And, yeah. Why, and why marriages come into conflict is amongst other reasons, but one important reason is individuals stop checking in with themselves. Mm -hmm. So for example, I'm going to say to you, how often do you stop during the day and check in with yourself? You're seriously asking me? I am seriously asking you. And an answer- I, I actually have three formal stops to my day. First thing in the morning, midday and evening. But I, and I may check in with myself more often, but it, it isn't just a check in. I mean, to be completely transparent, uh, I, you know, I have a relationship with a higher power and those three points in the day are when I check in with my higher power. All right, how are we doing? Are we on point? What's next? And it's also my opportunity to see how I'm doing. So I have a formal structure in my life for doing that. Well, you know, I think that's great. And I want to acknowledge that. I also want to acknowledge that in my practice, I've learned that several people do not check in with themselves. And when we lose ourselves in a relationship at work, we, we disempower ourselves and we become... Mm -hmm connected from what our passions are right so i highly encourage and this is again you can habit stack you can check in your with yourself when you're brushing your teeth check in with yourself i like three times a day i usually suggest that at breakfast lunch dinner check in with yourself ask yourself you know how are you doing ask yourself is there something you can help yourself with you know becoming more aware so that it's not unconscious it becomes very much part of our conscious way of thinking. And actually, let me just say for anyone who's listening, do I do that perfectly? Ha ha ha, you know? It's a work in progress like everything in life. It's something I aspire to. All right, so um, I could talk to you for hours. Thank you. Yeah, you're awesome. You're great personality. You're awesome. I'm, no, I really, I'm, I really am enjoying you. I, I think we share so much commonality and perspective and mission. It's really, it's actually quite wonderful. And, re and reaffirming. Um, and we are running down on time here. Actually, but I don't want to let this go. Do you have a few more minutes? I have a few more minutes. All right. So let's take lean and very quickly apply it to the situation that is out there on everybody's minds as we interview. Who knows when this actually shows up? There's a whole quandary going on about kids going back to school. So there's, and there's a ton of uncertainty about it, right? I got, I've got a daughter who's gone to college and she's got virtual classes and she's got live classes. And then when she comes back to us, what do we do? Because we've got parents who are at risk and how do we measure it? And blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of, and you know, no matter what age your kid is, there's something, there's uncertainty. Within my house right now. How would you apply lean to that, to this situation? For so for our listening audience and watching audience? It's actually a great question and, and really relevant to up to the minute right now. Um, so we have to learn to let, be, let ourselves settle into the uncertainty of whether our children should go to school or whether our children should stay home. We definitely need and should want to do our due diligence, mm -hmm. right? Nothing is going to be 100%. Mm -hmm. um, and really empowering yourself, the E, to get that information, mm -hmm. ask questions, do your research, um, and then accept whatever decision you make. Mm -hmm. For example, my children's school went back. I live in Miami, but I'm keeping my children home online. Mm -hmm. Is it great? 
um, it's okay. I don't think anything in life is perfect. I, I actually don't even use that word in my vocabulary. Um, and how I, and N is how I nourish, how I nourish my soul to keep myself more grounded. Does the, do the questions in my mind come up? Am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? And what I come back to is I made a decision. I'm going to stick to that decision. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to nourish myself, to check mm -hmm. in with myself, to eat well, to move my body so that I can continue to be here for my children, be here for myself and move through this period. Mm -hmm. Because it is a period of time and we will get through it. And it's about having a positive creator-like mentality. Yeah, where we're either victims or victors, we get to choose. I, in my practice, I use victims or, or creators. And I always say too, you know, we have a choice. We can feel happy or crappy. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> up to us. I'd rather feel crappy. Thank you very uh, much. You know, there are certain people who have become accustomed and are comfortable feeling crappy. Actually, yes. And you know what? I'm working really hard with myself and with my clients even to say, you know what? That's okay. And that just you just don't want to live there all the time. You know, sometimes we need to feel crappy and that's nurturing and important. But sometimes it's just destructive. And we, we, only we get to decide, though often our family members may weigh in on that. <laughs> you have been so awesome. I need to ask you the final question. Dun, 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 dun. The final question is, what is the legacy that Jennifer Warren Medwin would like to leave behind? That is, you know, a really, I'm so happy you asked me that question because it's a really easy answer. To follow your truth. And to really just, you know, set your boundaries. People treat you the way you allow them to treat you. Mm. And believe in the possibility of everything, right? Right in the very word, impossible, it says I'm possible. Mm -hmm. and, and just keep forging for the, through with the challenges because at the end of the day, there's always, and I love this saying, but there are always messages in the mess. I'm taking impossible. You don't, you can't own that. I'm, I'm going to borrow it at least. Okay. You know what? It, this is a collaboration. We share and we teach each other and we continue to grow and evolve. And that's the most important. Love it. Well, thank you so much. And we're going to have to do this again sometime. Okay. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait, no, yeah. we can't go. How can people find you? This is, you know, oh. this is, Oh, that's a good I, I know somebody listening is going to think that Jennifer is like me is amazing. How can they reach you? Thank you. I have a website seekingempowerment.com and they can reach me at janetseekingempowerment.com. And you know, my website for those individuals who are contemplating divorce or having issues in their marriage, it has a lot of resources. So I highly encourage you to visit it and um, to use it. And I really hope it helps you on your journey. What can, and what kind of resources? So um, it has um, articles from all over the world having to do with divorce, the legal, mm -hmm. the emotional, the organizational, financial aspects of it, mediation, um, dating after, um, after divorce. You can do that? You can, and you, <laughs> and you 
if you want to, you, you should. Um, and then, you know, I have a blog where I write a lot of articles and, and they are on my website as well, as well as coping strategies and different emotional pathways that people experience when their relationships are in turmoil. Awesome. So there is a virtual cornucopia of information on that website. Yes. Awesome. For sure. <laughs> thank you. All right. Now I'm going to say thank you so much and let's do this again soon. Okay. Thank you so much.